Hello, and welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 186. I am recording it on a Sunday, which is kind of weird. I used to record it on the weekend a lot, but I've started posting it to YouTube or broadcasting it on YouTube when I record. So I've been doing it through the week, but I came down with COVID last week and my week was kind of shot and I was kind of drained. I'm still a little nasally, although I'm testing negative. Um, still, I think a little brain foggy too. So bear with me if I, I am off a little bit today. So today we are going to talk about what to eat and the things that I recommend for folks to eat. Before we get started, I want to make sure you know, if you're new to the podcast, I'm your host, Dr. Delaine Vaughn. If you're looking for strategies to live a naturally healthy life, that is what this podcast is dedicated to. You are in the right place. If you are medicated, if you are on meds for type two diabetes, Be careful of making the changes that I recommend in these podcast episodes. You have been medicated for the way you've eaten in the past. When you change that way you eat, you probably will need different meds. And if you don't pay attention to that or have a good avenue for figuring out how you need to change your meds, you can get very, very sick very, very quickly. So if you're on meds and you're looking at making these dietary changes, please make sure you have a good relationship with your prescribing physician so you can give them or your prescribing provider so you can give them a call and let them know when your sugars are getting low, what do you need to do with your meds to keep yourself safe? So I always want to make sure that folks know that because really, truly, you can get quite sick. The medications that you are taking override your body's ability, the natural ability for your body to manage your glucose level. And when you change the glucose that you're giving your body, um, those meds can drive you too low, super low, dangerously low. um, And that can be a real problem. So please be careful if you're doing that. Make sure you have a good line of communication with your physician. I also want to point out, if you're enjoying this podcast, if you like the podcast, if you're getting help from this podcast, please rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. If you do that, then that gets this podcast in front of more people really is what it comes down to. If you've been finding benefits from it, other people would probably like to have benefits from it, help them out, throw them a bone, rate the podcast. Um, also you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook at Delane MD, both of those. There is a free, um, Facebook group. I feel like I always get the name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's reversing diabetes with Delane MD. So you can search that and then just ask for, uh, to be admitted there. So, um, those are some things that you can do to get more help with this and get more information with this. That Facebook group has a really, really great community and there are lots of people um, willing to help and share information and share stories. It's um, a fun group to be a part of. Okay. So we are going to talk about what to eat. I get this question from clients. I get this questions from non-clients. I get this questions from, this is like the most frequent question I get from folks. What am I supposed to eat? Of course, for me, what I focus on a lot is what you're not supposed to eat. Like what should you avoid? You're not getting diabetes because of, I guess it is the food that you're eating, but it's really, you have to cut certain foods out of your life to reverse the diabetes and to not be diabetic. So for me, it's easier to be like, these are the things you shouldn't eat. And then in my brain, it's like, there's a plethora of other things to eat, but I realize that that's not how folks see it. So I'm going to answer this question. I don't usually give folks food plans. Um, 
what I understand is that it's not that you need me to tell you what to eat. It's that we need to figure out why you continue to want to eat foods that are making you sick. There is no food plan. If I give you a food plan, but you still hold on to the belief that you love pasta and breads and cake and candies, and you just can't imagine going through life without it. If you're holding that, it does not matter what food plan that I give to you. That thought feels very real to you and it will override the situation and you will eat those things regardless of what food plan you're given. So that's why I don't really spend a lot of time giving a food plan. I do help people develop food plans, but I don't usually give a food plan. But today, here you go, guys, here it's going to happen. So we're going to talk about what to eat. We're going to talk about when you can eat certain things. And I'm not talking when in a day, although that's important. I'm talking about the um, differences between the foods that you can eat when you're reversing your diabetes and the foods you can eat after you reversed your diabetes. And then I want to talk about the mindset a little bit um, of how to decide when you're unsure. So the basic formula that I recommend and that I utilize for what people should eat, what women should eat when they're trying to reverse their type two diabetes, you need a protein, you need a healthy fat, and you need vegetables. That's really what you need. That is the basic protein or the basic formula. So protein can be steak, beef, ground beef. You know, people all get excited about hamburgers are horrible. No, hamburger buns are probably not great for reversing your diabetes, but hamburgers are fine. Um, turkey burgers, right? So any beef, again, beef tips, all of the beef. Um, chicken is great. Um, chicken breast, chicken thighs. I prefer chicken thighs when I'm eating because I like the flavor of them. They have more fat in them. Um, some people are fine with chicken breasts. That's fine. Uh, turkey, all the turkey. Um, pork, pork chops are probably most ideal. Um, there are other cuts of pork. I don't eat pork. I don't eat beef because I have an allergy to them. Um, so I'm not as familiar. I don't spend time cooking those foods. So, but all the pork, um, lamb is great. Uh, salmon, all the fish is fine. So those are all protein sources. Okay. Do understand that, um, using like, uh, oh gosh, what's the word lunch meat using like processed meats. So that's going to be lunch meat. That's going to be sausages. That's going to be bacon are not great sources of meat. They're fine. They'll work. Nobody got diabetic because of their turkey lunch meat problem. Okay. That's not usually the issue that's driving diabetes, but there's a lot of evidence that there are other issues with processed meats, including colon cancer risk. That's the biggest one that comes to mind for me. So um, probably don't need to just be downing, you know, tubs full of lunch and meat or bacon. Okay. But beef, chicken, turkey, pork, lamb, and all the fish are great sources of protein. There are other sources of protein. There's dairy sources of protein. Nuts are also a source of protein. So dairy, so all of the meats typically don't have any carbohydrates associated with them. Okay. There are no carbs. It's just protein. When we start to get to these other sources, these dairy sources of protein, and then the nut sources of protein, there are carbohydrates associated with them. So um, cheese, 
cottage cheese. You guys know how I feel about cottage cheese. Nobody loses their shit and eats an entire tub of cottage cheese in one sitting. Most people don't. So I think cottage cheese is a really great source for food. It's got great protein, great fat associated with it. It's versatile. It can go with sweet stuff. It can go with savory stuff. I think cottage cheese is wonderful. I realize it's not for everybody, but there you go. Um, cottage cheese is a great source. Um, any other, like uh, goat cheese is a great source. This is soft cheese. You can eat it with vegetables. Um, any of the hard cheeses, again, great source of protein, great source of fat. That is, I don't know that it's the best source of fat, but it's not a bad source. It has fat associated with it, which just means that you're getting more than just carbohydrate macronutrients and your body processes that a little differently. So cheese and dairy milk is fine, but it's probably not high in, it's high in protein and probably is a little higher in carbohydrates. Um, so any of the dairy sources of protein are also great. Eggs are a great source of protein. I forgot to mention that with the meat. And that's usually where I include that. Eggs are a great source of meat They or protein. They also have um, fat with them. They also have a number of different um, micronutrients like choline is what comes to mind for me that are eggs are high in that and your body needs it to um, function correctly. So um, you have your meats, you have your eggs, you have your dairy. And then lastly, you do have nuts. Nuts are going to have protein, but they're going to have almost as much carbohydrates as they have protein with them. So it's not like eating chicken, right? Where there's just a straight protein, no carbohydrates, kind of a free for all. So, and it's really not a free for all. You can consume so much protein in one sitting that your body actually starts converting that into glucose. So it's not a free for all, but it's really where your primary food, like when you're looking at a meal, it should primarily be protein. Um, and it can be a variety of dishes. So you can do some nuts, you can do some, you know, meat, you can do like a stir fry. Like I'll do, I'll cut up chicken and stir fry them with, um, or stir fry it with vegetables. But then I also add like cashews to it and it's just really tasty and it adds a fun texture and flavor to it. So I like that. Um, but yeah, so you have your meats, eggs, dairy, nuts. Those are typically sources of protein. Recognize dairy and nuts are also going to be a source of fat. Okay. So then you have your vegetables really vegetables are, it's just so much easier for me to tell you what not to eat with vegetables. Stay away from potatoes and sweet potatoes for now, period in a sentence. Rice is probably considered a or a vegetable of some sort, but like clearly it's a starch. You need to stay away from those things too. So carrots, celery, any greens, all the lettuces, bok choy, um, cucumbers, peppers, um, like bell peppers. Um, I'm trying to think of other vegetables. Beans come to mind, and that's probably more of a protein source. Again, that is going to be a very high carbohydrate protein source, and you may not be able to utilize that, at least in the phase where you're trying to reverse your diabetes. Broccoli, cauliflower, all the veggies. The veggies are fine. Nobody got diabetic because of their cauliflower problem. Okay. Um, Chances are really good. Nobody got diabetic because of the garbanzo bean problem either. But in that phase where you're trying to reverse your type two diabetes and reverse your insulin resistance, sometimes you have to avoid those carbohydrates. So all the veggies are really fine. I'm trying to think, I mean, even like super starchy veggies. I love beets. I love Brussels sprouts. All of those things are great. So um, they can be 
starchy or carbier, and you probably have to be careful of that in that phase where you're reversing your insulin resistance. So you have your protein, you have your veggies, really all the veggies except for a few are fine. Now, if you eat a beet and you find that your blood sugars like jump up to 250 after eating a beet, I would be really surprised, but I don't make up the rules. If you find that that happens, you probably need to remove that from your, at least your menu for now. Okay. And then the last thing that you need to add to it is fat. In the 1940s, Eisenhower, I think it was the 40s, it may have been the 50s, actually, that Eisenhower had a heart attack. And his doctor said that it was because of dietary fat. And we demonized. From that point on, we spent decades demonizing dietary fat. And we processed our foods to remove the dietary fat because we thought we were removing heart disease. Over the time period, the decades since then, we have not removed heart disease. We have not limited heart disease. We've actually seen a climb because we have started eating more carbohydrates to fill in where the fat used to be. Okay. Fat makes you feel full and fat makes things taste good. You know what else does that? Carbohydrates. They feel, make you feel full and they taste good. So, um, fat needs to be undemonized essentially. It is not the problem. It is not a free for all. Okay. So there has to be some like common sense going with this, some critical thinking going with this. So, recognize the fat that comes in our like animal-based fats do have some issues with them because of how we raise our animals in America. Okay. And that's a whole nother story. So you may have to limit how much animal-based fat you take in to keep your saturated fat lower. However, I'm talking about fats in the form of olive oil, avocado oil. Avocados, by the way, are a great veggie because they have tons of really healthy fat with them. Um, some nut oils are fine. Some seed oils are fine. Some are not. There's a rapeseed, like, which is a horrible name, but that's what it's called and probably needs to be avoided. Any corn oils. So corn oil is going to be corn oil. It's going to be canola oil. It's going to be vegetable oil. Those are a no-go. If you think about corn as a, sub, as a food, it's not an oily substance by nature. Okay. We have to do a lot of chemistry to make it oily. So it's a no-go, okay? You're going to want to think of things that are naturally oily, okay? So olive oil probably has the best evidence behind it for being safe. So if you ever question what you should add, add olive oil to it. Um, again, avocado oils, fabulous. Um, walnut, all of those different nut oils are probably fine if you're not only using them. Same thing with the seed oil. I love sesame oil. I love it when it's toasted. God, it's so good. It's just very, very tasty. It adds a lovely flavor to your food. Probably does not need to be used solely, right? Like, so you should have a handful of different oils that you use. Olive oil should probably always be like your base. Um, and then have a few others that you use. Butter, again, if you're not using it only, like it's probably fine. Ghee is a purified butter, probably better than butter. Um, all of those sources of fat are fine. Tallow is a fine source of fat. Again, if you're getting tallow, you're probably getting it higher quality than what the fat is in our meat. So it's probably better, but you should not be using only one source of fat unless you're using olive oil and nobody does that because they feel like it doesn't have the appropriate flavor that they're looking for everything. Okay. But olive oil has the safest uh, profile with it as far as heart disease. So that probably needs to be your go-to if you're unsure. And then using some of these other fats in 
like a variety, you just want a variety of them. You don't want to only get one. Okay. So that is the fats. So you have a protein source, a vegetable source and fats. That's what your basic food formula should be. Okay. I definitely every day usually do this. Yes. It's a protein source. It's a veggie source and it is, there's fat. Like I make sure I add plenty of fat to those foods. Um, and then I usually will have fruit. Okay. So this breaks it down to like, this brings us to this. There are two basic phases or there are two phases that you're looking at when you're figuring out what you can eat. There is the phase of when you're reversing your type two diabetes during that phase, when your insulin resistance is being normalized and remember insulin resistance is the issue with type two diabetes. It is not a blood sugar issue. Yes. Your blood sugars go up. Yes, that is a problem. But the reason that your blood sugars go up is because your cells are insulin resistant. They've been exposed to so much insulin over the years that they cannot even hear the story anymore. They plug their ears and they don't do what they need to do in the presence of insulin. So your body produces tons of insulin to try to pull that blood sugar, that blood glucose inside the cell so it can use it as fuel, but your cells are resistant to insulin. So they do not hear the message. They do not open up. And that allows your blood sugar to stay outside your cells and climb very high. And that's what we pick up as diabetes. Okay. The way to fix that issue is to make your cells be insulin sensitive, to reverse the insulin resistance. When you are in the process of reversing insulin resistance, you have to eat less carbohydrates. Your, your cells just cannot tolerate carbohydrates. And that's why like potatoes and sweet potatoes need to probably be off the table in that phase because they're just too many carbs in one sitting. Same with fruit. It may not need to be entirely off the table, but it needs to be very limited because it's probably just too many carbs in that one sitting for your cells to manage. Okay. So for me, I typically will have protein and I'll have veggies and I'll have fat. And then I usually have some fruit also. And a lot of times if I'm eating the fruit too far from my meal, I'll make sure that I have the fruit with more protein and fat. So either with cheese or with like cottage cheese or with some um, Greek yogurt, unsweetened Greek yogurt. So that is fine because my insulin resistance is resolved like, and has been for years. My biology is normal at this point. In the process of normally normalizing your biology, you may not be able to handle those. When I was in the process of normalizing my biology, I had to go for months without eating any of those things in order to make my cells, to like normalize my cell function. function. So um, that is kind of the two phases we're talking about. If you are in the phase of normalizing your insulin resistance, you really do need to be pretty um, consistent with protein vegetables, fat, and then very specific about what your fruits are. So if grapes shoot your blood sugars up, you can't have grapes. That just has to be off the table for a while. It's probably going to be berries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, maybe some strawberries. Those are going to be the ones that usually do less of jumping your blood sugars up. Okay. So once you've gotten through that phase of reversing your insulin resistance, then you do get some leniency in what your cells can manage is really what it comes down to is what your cells will respond normally to. So in that phase, you can have more potatoes. You can have more, um, you can have sweet potatoes. 
maybe you can try some quinoa. Maybe you can try some brown rice, some unprocessed brown rice or black rice. Maybe you can try some of those and see what happens. If your blood sugars, if you have a reasonable size of brown rice that is a normal brown rice, like you have a quarter cup to a half cup of brown rice and your blood sugars jump up, your insulin resistance is not entirely resolved. That's likely what's going on. And all that means is, okay, I had it now and I can't have it for another four to six weeks and then I'll try again. Okay. Same thing with grapes. If you're having, you know, 10, 15 grapes, if you're having, you know, whatever number of carbohydrates that is in grapes, probably 20 grams of carbohydrates in grapes, and your blood sugars jump up with that, then it's probably too soon. And you need to go off those and go back onto having um, berries instead of those higher carbohydrate fruits. Okay. So once you get through that phase of reversing your insulin resistance, and then you go into the phase of like, oh, my biology is normal. I just don't want to re-stimulate insulin resistance. You may be able to eat some different things in that phase. Okay. So lastly, I want to talk a little bit about mindset, about what is causing your diabetes. So your diabetes has not been, has not been caused by carrots. It probably has not been caused by regular potatoes, like maybe French fries and tater tots. God, I love tater tots. Those are so good when I was younger. Maybe those things, um, but usually not a baked potato or not roasted potatoes is not the issue at hand. Okay. Your diabetes has not been caused by your banana problem. It has not been caused by your grape problem. So when you're thinking about, can I eat this food or not? The question really needs to be is, is this food causing my diabetes? Right now in this setting, is this food causing my diabetes? Carrots are not the problem. Celery is not the problem. Chicken is, for the love of all that holy is holy, is not the problem, okay? If you're looking at, can I have Pringles? They're likely the problem. If you're looking at, can I have mashed potatoes and your insulin resistance is still kicking in high gear, they are likely the issue, okay? If you're looking at, can I have this roll? That those are the things that cause diabetes. Okay. So if you're wondering, can I eat this? That's the question. Is this causing my diabetes? And again, like in that stage of where you're still insulin resistant, you might not be able to have an entire banana because it may continue and persist and cause your diabetes to continue and persist. Okay. So it may not be an entire banana, maybe a half a banana or a quarter of a banana if you really love bananas. Same thing with the grapes. It's probably not three grapes that are going to be the issue. It might be 20 grapes that are going to be the issue. Okay. So you need to ask yourself, is this going to be the food that causes my diabetes? And if it is, then you probably need to rein that in. You probably need to avoid those until your insulin resistance has been resolved. So that's kind of the mindset that I use. You know, the mindset that I typically tell people to, you know, when it comes down to, can I eat it? Did that food grow on the ground somewhere? Can you imagine the food that's in your hand about to go into your mouth being grown in the ground on the earth somewhere? Because if you can, then it's probably okay. But if you cannot, it's probably not food that's meant for you as a human being. Okay. And it probably needs to be very limited, if not removed entirely from your diet. There is no Snickers tree. There are no Otis Funk and Meyer muffin bushes. There are no delicious Hawaiian roll 
vines. Like that is not food that is grown on the earth for us. Okay. So that food probably needs to be avoided. Okay. You can pluck a chicken off the ground and you can eat the thighs and the breasts and all of that. You can find that the wings, the drumsticks, those are foods that are on the ground in the form of an animal. You will never find a chicken finger on a chicken because that is not food that is made for the human being. That is not real human food. That is very processed meat. Same thing with chicken nuggets. You're not going to find that. Okay. So that's the mindset that I always have people look at. One, is this going to worsen and persist my diabetes? That's the first question. Is this food going to do that? The second question then becomes what can I eat? Like, where did this food come from? Is this food that really aligns with my biology? Yes or no. Okay. So those are the, again, the basic strategies that I help people, um, learn to use so they can figure out what they can and cannot eat. Okay. Again, I ran through a number of different proteins. I ran through a number of different vegetables and a number of different oils. There are fruits. And again, like where can you start incorporating food, fruit back into your diet in a way that is not going to re-stimulate your type two diabetes. Remember guys, food is meant, it's a biological experience. It is not a social, it is not a emotional experience. It's literally a biological experience. Every deep breath you take brings oxygen into your body so that you can utilize oxygen as a human being. That is a biological system, a biological event. And you are not sitting there going, God, that deep breath is so amazing. I just need more. You're not over breathing to a point that you're making yourself sick. Okay. Same thing with peeing. That's the other one. I'm always like, Nobody's like, God, I wish I could just spend all my time in the bathroom peeing. That would be the, oh, nobody's like selling the farm or stealing from grandma to go and use the bathroom over and over again. That's a biological system. You use the bathroom, you urinate based on your biology, not for anything else. Food is the same thing. Food is meant to fuel your cells and that is it. That is the biological need you have with food, Okay. If you are utilizing food for something else, for entertainment, to manage your emotions, to just because you love it, that is something that needs to be worked on. That's what we do in coaching. Okay. If that's something you're interested in, send me an email, Delane at DelaneMD.com. I'm happy to set you up for a consult and get you started in the group and get you ready, get you to a place where you're done with your diabetes and it's behind you. If that's something you're interested in, Delane at DelaneMD.com, send me a message. All right. If you have any other questions about this, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any questions. I will be back next week. I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.